Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. It uh, seems a little strange to be able to come to you where you are in your home or in your car or wherever you may be. Uh, we live in unprecedented times where we have unfortunately had to make the decision uh, not to gather in all the locations. But I welcome Toulouse, I welcome Ilkeston and Mansfield and The Hob and Belper and Nottingham. And it's great to be able to be with you uh, today. Three years ago, I spoke a message and uh, I was just reminded of it this week, really important message because I was helping people to go from anxiety to peace. How can we go from being anxious into peaceful? And that's what I want to talk to you today about. I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, the headlines have really created panic around so many people and uh, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. I have a confession to make, church. I felt quite overwhelmed this week. Um, as many of you know, there's been a set of circumstances that, um, you know, with the passing of my dad and uh, so quickly on the back of, of losing John, our father-in-law, my father-in-law, and it's been a, diff- been a difficult time. And then, you know, you come into this, you walk into this with all the stresses and the strain. And I just want to please ask you for your prayers for, for me and for my family and also for uh, the church, your pastors, your, your team leaders. We need it. But when I was thinking about it, I was taken to Psalm in chapter 18 and I want to read a few verses and then I'm going to make a few comments. And I'd encourage you to stay at the length of the video. Even if you've heard enough of me, after five minutes, pause it, have a cup of tea and then come back to it. Is that okay? That'll be great. But in Psalm 18 and verse one, David announces, I love you, Lord, my strength, that you are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me and the cords of the grave coiled around me and the snares of death confronted me. We can all feel that, can't we, in what we're living in at the moment. But then he says, in my distress, verse six, I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry came before him into his ears. Whatever we face in church, whatever we feel like, I want to encourage you that God hears it all and God sees it all and God knows it all. And this was David in a, in a time when he was really in the hands of Saul and in the hands of his enemies and he was expressing his heart that was anxious but he went from being anxious to being peaceful. And how do we do that? Well, there are over 365 promises they declare from God's word, do not fear, do not be afraid. It's easy for us to announce that, but this is a time for us to actually live it out and model it to the world and to our family. You see, God desires for us to live in his shalom, his peace, that's a Hebrew word, shalom. It means wholeness, it means completeness. But this is more than just a phrase that they would use in Jewish terms to say hello and goodbye. This is a complete peace. This is a feeling of contentment and completeness and wholeness. This is the kind of peace that God is wanting to give to us today. His shalom, his contentment, his completeness, his wholeness. 
This is what he says in Numbers in chapter 6 and verse 24. He said we should announce to the people, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Jesus, one of the last gifts that he imparted in John in chapter 14 and verse 27, he announces, peace, I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I've got to stand in this position because I'm being recorded, but I want to do a victory dance at this moment. I want to jig up and down, guys, because I want to tell you, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you what the world gives to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Philippians, one final verse, verse four, uh, chapter four, and verse six and seven, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. You know, in the midst of where we are now, guys, tell him what you need. Tell him your fears. Tell him your troubles. Cast all your cares upon him. He cares for you. Don't hold it to yourself. And he says, when you'll do that, verse seven, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And this peace, church, will God, set a guard over your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, where there is, that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. There are so many promises, but the problem is we all at times experience great fear, great anxiety, pressure, and it nestles deep in the recesses of our inner world. Fear is the enemy of peace. And there are some things that destroy and rob us of peace. I, I like to call them peace busters. There are, these are forces or circumstances that shatter our internal tranquility. And they create fear and they create anxiety. They can be financial, they can be relational pressures, they can be present day issues like what we're presently facing. Some people have a peace buster because they fear bad news, unexpected bad news, that email, that letter, that headline, that WhatsApp message, calls in the early hours of the morning. But I constantly remind myself and Caroline and our family that Psalm 112 and verse six says this, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Listen to me, verse seven, they will have no fear of bad news. Guys, I'm looking in the camera. Some of you are fearful. Some of you are fearful of bad news. The Bible says we have no fear of bad news. We stand on God's word. It's not a belligerence, it's a confidence as we wrap ourselves in God, as we allow the, under, the loving arms of God to surround us. We sense his peace and we will not fear bad news. It says their hearts are steadfast, trusted in the Lord. It's a peace buster, unexpected bad news. But what about thinking of life and death? You know, I've been on a journey as I opened it up. We've had two deaths, sad deaths in our family in the last four months. Gets you thinking about life and death, our own mortality, sickness and death. But let me tell you, this does not need to steal our peace. 
This does not need to steal our peace. The Bible says, as for God, his ways are perfect. There's not a day that we can lose. God ordains our days. Every day is numbered. Those who are old, elderly. I know you've got to be careful. I'm not asking you to be cavalier and all self-isolation and everything else. But let me tell you, God is in control of your days, not the coronavirus. God is. God is in control. Those who are sick in the church, God is in control of it. I know this to be true. What I had to walk even with my own dad. Listen to me. Nothing took him. It was his time. God ordained it. He lived his days. And I'm so glad that he lived them with with the way that he lived them. Listen to me, we should not be fearing life and death. These are peace busters. Now, there's two things I want to say. There can be constructive fear and there can be destructive fear. Constructive fear is actually really helpful because constructive fear is something that we have to teach our children. Children are not worried by rivers fast rivers and they'll walk up to it and they'll trip in because they have no fear but we need to be making sure that we lay in that actually they need to be very careful as they go approach a fast running river we need to be careful of fires not fearful of it but we have to show them that actually that has to be you know respected those things have to be restricted I look at those as like constructive fears and they should not be fought they need to be heeded but then there's destructive fears And these diminish the quality of our life. They really do. It plays with our minds. It robs us of our joy. It shatters our confidence. And we need to stop this. Someone used the word uh, fear and broke it down. F-E-A-R. And they broke it down to false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real real now I heard one somebody once say with fear we need to forget everything and run but I actually think we shouldn't forget everything and run we should face everything and rise face everything and rise it's a choice that we make as we approach destructive fear we choose Are we going to forget everything and run and just hide away in a corner? Or are we going to face everything and rise, knowing that everything that we place in God's control can never be out of control? God is in control of it all, guys. He really is. And we have to fill ourselves with confidence and peace and joy in God. It says in 2 Timothy and chapter 1 and verse 7. You need to underline these. Go back to them. Stop the recording. Make sure you've got them in your Bible. Underline them. It says there, for God has not given us. There's numbers of things that God has given to us, but there's a number of things that God has not given to us. And this is what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. I choose to receive those things. I put off fear and a lack of confidence and I put on power and love and this sound mind. I really do. How do we conquer our fears? Well, this is where the tough work begins. We all love the story of David and Goliath and we all see the narrative of how we face that giant. But I'm sure in the inner recesses, there was a little bit of shaking. But what he did, he got hold of that shaking and reminded himself of the God that he served. He really did. You know, sometimes we feel those things and it's usual to feel the emotions that we feel, but we've got to get hold of them. 
And how do we get hold of them? Well, I just want to give you just a few practical things as I endeavour to try and wrap it and draw it to a close. First of all, I think in conquering our fears, we need to identify where this fear has come from. Some people live their entire lives tormented by a particular fear that may have resulted from one traumatic event. It may have been that you saw somebody who you love deeply die such a horrible death and your fear is that you're going to live that death. You've got to get hold of that. You've got to identify where it comes from. Some people are frightened of the water, of being in water. I want to tell you, it may have been as a result of being struggling in water as a child or seeing someone drown. Terrible things. But let me tell you, you've got to identify where that fear comes from and you've got to capture that thought. Secondly, you've got to expose the fears as lies. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the God of all life, abundant life. But Satan is the father of lies. He is the originator of lies. And he uses lies to birth fears. That's what he does. Every time I've been in fear, it's as a result of a lie. I've believed something. I've thought it's true. And that, that, that lie gives birth to fear. And then that fear disables us from moving forward into all that God has purposed for us. And we begin to role play. We begin to present the worst case scenarios. Now, let me tell you, some of the medical profession at the moment are just doing their job. So this isn't a slant against them. But I do believe, honestly, there are presenting worst case scenarios. I don't want to live out of that, guys. Like I said, I don't want to be cavalier, but I want to live out of a confidence. I don't want to live out of a maybe. I don't want to live out of a lie. I want to live out of a confidence that God has got this, that God has got it all under control. And I don't want to live with catastrophe. We catastrophize everything. We make so much more of stuff. And the enemy uses all that and he breathes in. It's always in the darkness. Nothing good ever, ever, ever lives in darkness, guys. We need to bring it into the light. Listen, if we're in fear, whatever it may be, we need to see it for what it is. If we've been believing a lie, we need to expose it for what it is. But thirdly, if we're going to really overcome and conquer these fears, we don't just need to identify, we don't just expose the lies, but we have to go toe-to-toe and, and face it head on. We have to avoid the fear that can escalate more fear. And we need to lean into God. I love what Eleanor Roosevelt said, the wife of a once famous president of the United States of America. She said this, you gain strength and courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. I really think it's important how we model this, particularly those who've got children and grandchildren, because we don't want to be gripped by fear. We want to face it head on and we want to show our kids that we will not be frightened of this. Our confidence, our trust is only in the living God. It's not in the NHS, God bless them. It's not in the government. It's not in medics who are going to get get a virus uh, solver for this. No, it's none of those things. It's not in the Chancellor, is he? Bale's company. No, no, no. Our confidence, our confidence church is in the living God. And lastly, I really think it's important bringing all these things together 
as we, you know, expose the lies, as we identify the fear where it comes from, as we go to head, toe-to-toe and head, head on, I think it's really important to speak words of truth and life. Caroline has recently encouraged me, and you can understand she's had to, because I've been sad. I felt sad. I've actually felt sad. I've done my best in the office. And guys, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you as a church for bearing with me. But I felt quite sad. And it's been tough sometimes to just get myself moving. And I'm not normally like this in giving to this. And then the corona, I have to say yesterday, we'd put some plans out. And I don't know, I just, I felt just overwhelmed. I just felt like, oh my goodness, God. And Caroline encouraged me again. It encouraged me to again to lift my spirits and to go again and to speak words of truth and life, to put on the helmet of salvation, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, to put on the belt of truth, to get my feet ready to go again. And guys, I'm encouraging you as a church. Some of you are facing real difficulty and hardships and pain across the campuses. I wanna encourage you to speak words of life words of truth over one another. So what does that look like for me? I've been talking to myself. I'm not going mad, by the way. I've been talking to myself. I've been doing self-talk. I've been saying to myself, Christian, God has got this. You can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, who can be against me? With you, I can scale this wall. I can run against this army. I've been, I've been talking to myself. The second thing is, I've been committing memories to Scripture over years. I've been allowing the Word of God to dwell in me richly. I've been allowing the Word of God not to just to dwell in me, rich me, but then to confess it abundantly. And I want to encourage you, in this season, if, if we're only in it for a week, or if we're in it for many, many weeks, get in the Bible. Get a promise from God. Call out to God. Confess the Word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And maybe in this season, rather than quietly sitting with a cup of coffee, reading your Bible, why don't you speak out the Scriptures as you read them? And thirdly, it's through prayer. How I encourage people to pray. I love that there were some people in our Mansford campus that calling the campus there to pray from seven through till eight. It may be small groups. You need to send a text message to get people praying. We pray that as quickly as this came, quickly it will go. We pray that no harm will befall Arena Church. We pray across the A to Z of Arena Church for health and strength and total well-being in all things. That's what I'm believing for, guys. So we speak words of truth and life. And as we do these things, as we go toe-to-toe and head head on with, with, with fear, as we expose the lies, and as we identify where it comes from, guys, you will go from anxiety and fearfulness into peace in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the enemy has to flee. He has to flee as we declare and speak the Word of God. As I finish, Isaiah 41, I'm going to read it in two versions. For those who like the simple version like me, you'll like this bit. And then I'm going to give you the same version from the New International Version. Isaiah 41 verse 10 reads, Don't panic. Don't panic. I'm with you. This is a promise from God. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. 
I'll hold you steady. I'll keep a firm grip on you. Isaiah 41 verse 10 in the New International Version reads this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The message is from anxiety and fear to peace. Whatever you are facing, whatever crisis you are facing, whatever difficulty that surrounds you, the Bible encourages us to keep looking to God. All the answers that we need, all the strength that we need, all the power that we need is found in Him. So I'm believing and confessing over Arena Church, blessing, health and strength. And may God continue to draw us together and not disperse us. And may we see growth and life and multiplication even in, the, in this midst of a lockdown. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you today for your love and your kindness to us. Thank you that you so love the world that you gave and you gave us everything that we need. Thank you that this is a peace that's tested in troubled times. And we cling on to you and we hold on to you. I pray for those who are elderly and are struggling with their minds, those who are uh, uh, perplexed by the media coverage. I pray, Lord, that they would know in this moment, peace, peace like a river. May it flood their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would all be renewed in our strength, uh, in our faith. We'd all be renewed and replenished in you. And Lord, that in this difficult time, we would learn and we would grow and we would be strengthened, both individually, in our families and as a church. And we commit all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. May I encourage you to keep connected to the life of the church. Keep in contact, text, emails, phone calls, WhatsApps, even for those who are happy to gather as long as there's no issues around you and around the group. Let me encourage you to do that. And may I encourage you to let's keep serving, let's keep giving, let's keep honouring God in all those disciplines for whatever time period is on us. So God bless you and I look forward to seeing you real soon. Love you all.